Hello and welcome to episode number 57 of the At YouTube Podcast, talking all things U2, album news, tour dates, community discussions, and cover band not cover bands, country bands that the band has been disguised as for this episode. You can uh, find this podcast at goodstuff.fm slash ATU2, and uh, I am joined for this episode by uh, Matt McGee. Hello, Matt. Pause. Chris, how are you? I am well. And uh, the we're also joined by the illustrious uh, what, chief head, I don't know what the what your official title is, of the Dalton Brothers fan club. Miss uh, yes. Sherry is joining us as well. Yes, uh, uh, I will admit I probably am the world's leading uh, fanatic of all things Dalton Brothers. And I think Edge would probably run away from me if you ever saw me. Yes. <laughs> because I keep trolling I so him too. about it. <laughs> We're going to take this question from Sherry from Duxbury. Oh, hi, Edge. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you've gotten the question She's on YouTube She's asking about club, the Dalton Brothers again. Yeah. <laughs> Just answer her question and she'll go away. You know? no, no, she won't. <laughs> no, she won't. <laughs> That's another checkbox in your, should we legally block this person from ever attending a U2 show? <laughs> For the the audio listeners, not the video viewers, you can't see. Uh, Sherry actually has a unofficial Dalton Brothers t-shirt as well and mug, right? Yes, this was a uh, arts and crafts project done done by Little Miss on my. Uh, it's a it's an early Mother's Day gift. Wow! So you're I'm, you're even getting the kids involved in this. I think that's where we call social services or something. <laughs> yes, it is. That is so true. <laughs> no, we kid, and, and hey, it's not. Hey, the Daltons have borrowed a great deal of money from me, and I'd like it back. That's yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think with those hoodlums you're going to get it back. So, uh, but yes, for the uh, we'll be we'll be diving deep at least for five to ten minutes on the Daltons because there isn't a whole lot we can. <laughs> <laughs> right, like. <laughs> but we'll we'll save that for the roundtable at the end. Sherry suggested this podcast. I'm like, really? Like, what are we going to talk about? Because we were talking about B-side podcasts, and then the band went and did like crazy stuff, like actually you know get ready and for then a you tour in that and then, and then you convinced chris to not make it a b-side but to make it a full-length podcast about the dalton brothers <laughs> i i assume we're just like i have the no. lyric i think we're just going to like read lyrics out loud or something what she, like what she doesn't Don't... know we'll edit it down so it's just actually a fine <laughs> this is just to you should see the list the long list of messages i have from sherry about this so no we do two kinds of podcasts <laughs> <laughs> okay, save the the Daltons. Hello, YouTube fan. Thanks for watching. Uh, the uh, save the Dalton brothers for the roundtable. Um, first of all, we thought I thought in addition to since we have so much to cover with the Dalton brothers, we we dip into the mailbag as well and just uh, get some of the uh, older questions that maybe didn't quite fit into episodes, didn't quite get covered, answered. So I think the oh. this, this will work here on the video side as well. I don't know if you guys will be able to see it, but first question up was. Uh, that's in the wrong order here. Let's just bring that down. <laughs> no, it's not possible to curb the laughter during the podcast. Yeah, so we're all friends. Pop, pop fart, which a is a great con- conversation. Great. So, so somebody whose name is at Pop Fart <laughs> is giving us a hard time about something. <laughs> and I'm I'm nervously laughing about it. I think I th- I'm guessing it's my laughter. I don't know who's who's the nervous laughter. Uh, but I'm I'm telling you right now, Pop Fart. I'm not nervous. That's just how I sound. So. I guess there's the unsubscribe button if you don't like it. All right. Question number two uh, from at R.A. Burns. Does Mr. McFeast still use a telephone to call a taxi? Or does he use an Uber now? 
What do you think? He'd be using Uber. He'd be with the times. Hey? No, I think that he would be using Lyft. <laughs> True. Maybe. Although Uber is pretty evil. They're pretty evil these days. Right. But but remember, McFisto has the shoes that give him extra lift. Uh. <laughs> oh, I see how you did that. Okay. <laughs> I All have right. no reply. I have no reply on this question. No rebuttal. This is so out of the blue. I yeah. 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 These are just random questions. Like I said, nothing to do with Dalton. So there's no theme here. No. Uh, at Fabiano Mad, uh, who's unfortunately can't tune in today, but is listening. Will be listening later somewhere in the world. I would really like to listen to one entire podcast about all relevant YouTube books. And I know Matt, on uh, the video version, is about to go God, prepare his rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that would be before a Matt comes back, half hour podcast. Matt's response, I know, is there is only one YouTube book which he's holding up, YouTube a Diary, uh, which is written by uh, Mr. Matt McGee. Um, but there's actually a I new mean, one I'd, just added. I'd Sorry, be, go ahead, Matt. I was just, I'd be glad to talk about all relevant YouTube books <laughs> named you named you to a Diary. <laughs> we should have you yes. uh, at YouTube staff or Tim. Though, t- yeah, the, the Czechoslovakian oh. version, right? Don't you have that? Oh, now he's got to go oh, get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, there is a brand new book hitting shelves like like early last week, right? <laughs> there you go. You two of one vnik. That's the Croatian version. Right. So some lucky listener will get that someday. Weird. So, yeah, yep. no, that's a good idea though for a podcast. Yeah. I think that I, I think we could do that, don't you? And uh, Tim Newfeld, who really wanted to be on here, uh, and we'll hear from a little bit later, has a book that's out as well, which you can check somewhere for that'll be a link will be in the oh, show notes for sure. well Amazon. Mm-hmm. what's the name i don't have the name off tim newfeld's uh, rock YouTube. and roll to change the world there we go rock and roll to change that's a better title than i had edited by by scott calhoun by the way who is behind the youtube confab so it's it's chock full of greatness yeah if you're a youtube fan you'll definitely dig it on many levels Next question was, or comment, at Steve underscore Doza, will there be any difference between USA, Europe, Joshua Tree shows, or much difference between nights one and two, minor song changes like IE? I am of the opinion that it'll be fairly straightforward. They might have one or two little tidbits as, you know, if there's multiple nights or whatever, but I think it's going to be a fairly straightforward set list. What do you guys think? Consistent set list, I guess is what I'm saying. Matt. Yeah, I think Basically. so. I mean, there's only there's only like a few cities where they're even doing two shows, right? I mean, most 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 it's one city. So yeah, I mean, I I there's I, I there hasn't that's funny there hasn't been any chatter about you know like there was with the last tour, right? When that was like the thing or the, how much is it going to mix up yeah. between night and one night and one? Because the whole tour last time pretty much was at least two shows per city, um, but this tour is mostly just one. You know, just one, uh, yeah, one one show the, per city. There's some some cities that get two, but not many. I think that the American centric uh, message will definitely shift. Um, I know that there's a concern up in Vancouver that they may be trying out some of the messaging that they want to use for the states, but it's not going to go over too well because they're in Canada. Um, I can't see how um, uh, certain aspects of the show in in the U.S. will transfer over to Europe because they're not going to want to hear uh, uh, the American message. I think that, that the messaging will be different, but the music will be the same. Yeah. The, like the sort of the rant, the Bono rant at one point, the, the bold blue sky discussion and video visuals will be slightly different, but they'll kind of more or less set list would, would stay consistent. 
between shows probably. It, it feels like and it's then, a, of course, you know, if whatever craziness is going on in the world in three yeah. months from now, we don't even know what's going to happen three hours from now. <laughs> so, you know, um, um, anything. Well, hopefully we'll be done shift. talking Dalton brothers by then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you think you never you, know? You never know. <laughs> We might have a re- episode two. There might be so much stuff we have to talk about. <laughs> we come back. Sandalwood <laughs> is the smell of Betty Dalton's perfume, by the way. <laughs> Sold exclusively at Nordstrom. <laughs> All right. Next question was uh, another suggestion. Patrick Dupuis, po- topic for podcast, YouTube graphic design, pictures and cover albums, which would be also another great discussion. Thank you, Patrick. And is on our list. We'll be on- added to our list. Especially now that we've got this whole video thing going and you're able, I'm just amazed that you're like, p- if people are watching the video, you're like pulling tweets in and it's just like, this is like really awesome. So yeah, it'll hopefully the, there's the YouTube version that gets thrown up later that'll be linked thrown up that's a nice way of saying it but <laughs> linked up later in the show notes if you're wa- listening and want to check it out later you can watch it through on youtube and there's been you know a couple hundred people watching some of those videos so it's kind of cool just to give a, a visual version they i know they there's been good comments or feedback on uh for whatever reason getting to see the, the faces our faces behind the voices which is kind of um weird but anyways uh next question somebody said after they watched one of our videos and they said matt mcgee doesn't look anything like what i expected and i'm always <laughs> when people say that i'm always tempted like what did you expect <laughs> yeah it's true i it's like what can you draw a picture of what you thought i looked like <laughs> i just i'm just like the curiosity really <laughs> yeah it's vanity vanity and curiosity right it's a yes, little exactly uh-huh. it's vanity one part guilty guilty as charged at real chris taylor uh, question. I wonder why Eno Lanois haven't done more live tour TV or video with U2 since they've been a huge part of their many, of many of their albums. And I, th- my response would be, I think they, they sort of go back and forth between being really happy to be involved with all the U2 stuff. And then also like, Hey, I have my own career also. I don't need to be asked about act tongue baby over and over and over. <laughs> and Lanois especially sort of seems to go from comfortable and fun uh, to bristly grouchy old man at times when depending on his mood so i don't know and he's done some interviews in the last year or three where like some of his comments were like very praiseworthy of you know of the band but then he also says like i don't remember the exact quote but he i mean he's basically saying that it's torture working with them in the studio and so (laughs) you know which and and we've heard the stories well you know about the joshua tree recording and you know, wanting to throw out streets because they worked on it forever and forever. So, yeah, I just I wonder if uh, if maybe it's not a desire on both sides to do something else. And they're probably just sick and tired of being asked about this one particular band when they've worked with so many others, yeah. including, you know, their own work. Yeah, whereas someone like Steve Lillywhite, you know, with the Joshua Tree reissue and um, Red Hill Mining Town uh, remix and stuff, seems generally happy. I mean, he's probably just a maybe a more chill guy to be like. So. That could well, be. Yeah. You know, say in an interview that Lillywhite basically commercialized the music that they had worked on. So, um, Eno wasn't quite happy with, with, with how the Joshua tree ended up because Lily white ruined it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So there, there may be some, you know, he's, he's disappointed that all the uh, 16 layers of ethereal background sounds were <laughs> removed from Red Hill Mine Town or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> but anyways, I think that's why probably in answer to your question, real Chris Taylor. So thanks for sending those in. You can send those in uh, on Twitter. If you ask, use a hashtag, ask at you too. And, uh, 
And somebody forgot to remind me myself to go check the forum because I posted in there and then I forgot to go check the follow up. So apologies to forum folks. If you did comment, uh, we'll get those next time. Um, but uh, well, I'll go check you guys. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at our, at our agenda for the show and I see the section where it says the Dalton brothers and there's like nothing listed there. So it's all I'm just all nervous what we're going to talk about right now. <laughs> it's all in usually, Sherry's head. Don't worry. You, well, see that usually it's for those that. Chris puts these agendas together with here's what, you know, and usually there's like this whole block of stuff that we're going to talk about. And it says the Dalton brothers, and then there's nothing on the page. Ah! <laughs> so Sherry, while Matt goes in and hunts through the forum, I guess by way of introduction to the Daltons and what we're actually talking about, what, what, who, and why are the Daltons Dalton brothers? Uh, the Dalton brothers are a uh, alter ego of you two, where uh, Bono is Alton Dalton, Edge is Luke Dalton, Adam is Betty Baloo Dalton, and Larry is Duke Dalton, who apparently was blind at some point, but now he can see. It's it's all a blur, really, <laughs> and um, uh, uh, based on uh, on their history. Um, they first appeared um, November first in, uh, in in eighty seven in uh, Indianapolis, uh, opening for U two, and then they uh, appeared again on November eighteenth, eighty seven in L A. Um, and then their last known performance was December twelfth of eighty seven in Hampton, Virginia. Um, they then the following but, year. Okay, go um, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm going to correct the Dalton brothers expert on on some of this. So, but go ahead. <laughs> hey, this is coming right off of at you too, Matt. So if you're going to correct me on something, we need to fix the website. That's the so, section of the website that you did, right? <laughs> it says special thanks for assistance. <laughs> you had go. to. All right, it, settle buddy. down. Go ahead, so, go ahead. We're so, going to have a podcast two, fight here. Who knew that the Dalton brothers would be so controversial? <laughs> two years later, in 89, they uh, uh, accepted an award, uh, which we have video footage of, mm-hmm. um, as the Dalton brothers. So it's it's with those um, uh, special appearances that, that, the, uh, uh, that the myth of the Daltons just took off. And for me, I found it absolutely fascinating that here's a band that was so set on wearing its heart on its sleeve and so serious and, you know, that they're using this alter ego to have a little bit of fun to uh, to basically troll their own fan base and to, um, um, uh, I think it was Tim... Tim Newfeld might have said this uh, a few hours ago um, during a radio um, slot or something along those lines that the Daltons might have been um, the start of the whole uh, uh, putting on different characters. So, so this might actually be the very start of of how <clears throat> Bono came to create the Fly character. Um, so, I I I just enjoy the fact that they had fun with it, mm-hmm. that they created something that, um, that just, you know, made everybody stop and say, what the heck is going on here? Um, and taking on such a historic name because the Daltons 
themselves were uh, some pretty bad boys uh, um, uh, with the original Dalton gang. And we have a bit of history on that on at youtube.com slash Daltons. Yeah, the, not who the real Daltons were, and they were, you know, some pretty bad mofos. <laughs> so, um, but you mentioned Tim. Well, I'm just going to play a little clip Tim sent in just of his recollection of actually seeing the Daltons, which I know both of you were also there, right? When they air quote performed. Not. Oh, you weren't. Oh, okay. No, this is I all wasn't. right. Yeah, but Matt was. Okay, here is uh, from Tim Newfield. Hey, friends. Sorry I can't be with you today. It would be a blast to talk about the Dalton brothers because I can honestly say. That one of the reasons I'm a U2 fan today is because of November 18th, 1987 at the L.A. Coliseum. You know, the that was my first U2 concert. And the very first thing I remember is that I was sitting way, way up high at the top of the Coliseum. And I'll never forget when, you know, the organ came on for Where the Streets Have No Name and Edge walked out and the Olympic flame, you know, the, the torch went on and... Uh, the crowd was just in, and there were like 70,000 of us, you know, just singing our hearts out where the streets have no name. But something odd happened long before that, before the Pretenders, before the Bodines, and that was, there was this little country band that came out, and they said, you know, the only music we sing is country and Western. And so I was there early enough, but the stadium wasn't nearly full, and and I just kind of tuned them out because it wasn't, you know, we didn't have internet. We didn't have, we weren't swapping messages back and forth. We didn't have a forum or Twitter or anything like that. So I had no clue that that was Bono standing out there and that was Edge in a dress. And I had no clue that they were opening for themselves. When I was home a few days later and I heard about it in the LA Times and read the article and, and it thought about the genius of that move, that I had been whooped, that I had been pranked by the band that I love so much. I thought, there's something in these guys that's much deeper than the average rock and roll artist. And that hooked me. And I, and I actually think the Daltons um, were kind of the inspiration even for characters that would be played later on in the career for the whole 90s, you know, of uh, irony and misdirection and persona and uh, all the parts that Bono would play and the others. So it, it's, a, it's a great honor and thrill to have been there in the L.A. Coliseum when the Daltons uh, were in town. And uh, Daltons, if you're listening, come on back. We need you more than ever. All right. Thanks. Take care. <laughs> so thanks, Tim, for sending that in. Um, and so, Matt, I don't know. What are you, what's your recollections of, uh, of seeing the Daltons come on stage? Uh, so I was at the same show uh, that Tim just described, and my memory is that Bodines came on for I could, and this could be wrong. So, I mean, this was thirty years ago, right? Um, and but my memory is that Bodines came on first, and then the Pretenders were supposed to come on second. But before that, somebody came out and said something like the Pretenders are running late, or what? Well, you know, they got stuck in traffic, or I, I don't, I, you know, again, details kind of sketchy. So my memory is that it was the Daltons after Bodine's and they were just introduced as this little, you know, country act and they came out. And so I was sitting, I think Tim described himself being all the way at the top. I was about, I was on edges side of the stadium. Uh, I was about halfway back in the stadium. Uh, so like maybe the 50 yard line, uh, if you're, you know, 
thinking in terms of football fields. And I was about halfway up the stands too. So maybe closer than Tim was, I don't know. Um, but f- so far enough away that, you know, they just looked like ants on the stage to me. And I had no, I, you know, you see the long hair, they're wearing all their wigs. I had no idea it was them. And I, you know, I, I don't remember. And Tim said in that, that clip, he said that he remembers reading about it a couple of days later in the LA times. I don't know if I even read about it then. I don't know when I figured out that it was you two opening for themselves, but I know I did, you know, that I just ignored them as a, you know, as an opening act. I was just like, okay, I guess we'll just wait an extra 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And I was totally in the dark, totally clueless, had no idea. And I would imagine that that would be the case for almost everybody in the stadium, unless you were like in the front, you know, 20, 30 rows or so, and you could actually see close enough to maybe tell that it was, you know, the actual band members underneath the hats and the wigs and all that sort of stuff. But it was crazy. It was just, yeah, it was really, it was bizarre. You have to think Larry of anybody just looking at some of the pictures would be the most identifiable. Maybe. I don't know. It's hard to know again, like putting yourself back in that's the shoes of, of uh, 30 years old, <laughs> 30 years ago, you two fans and how un- like they weren't, they were just becoming hugely popular then too. And so it wasn't that their image was as known as well known as it would be, you know, in later years, if they tried to do the same thing on zoo TV or something. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's, it was, I mean, it, and as as Tim kind of hinted, like it had happened in Indianapolis, as Sherry said, that so that what we saw in L.A. wasn't the first time. But we had no way of knowing that at the time. There was no, you know, it's not like you open up the, the L.A. Times and they have, you know, reviews from the Indianapolis show or anything like that. There's obviously no Internet to, to get that information. So, it was, I mean, it was such a different time and it was perfect for that time and they couldn't get away with it now. It's just, I mean, that's the kind of thing that, you know, I don't think you'd you know, the secret would be let out, you know, pretty much right away. So yeah, it was, it was crazy. And the beauty of, the, I think it was the LA performance is that that's featured on the Joshua tree anniversary, uh, 20th anniversary box set. Um, uh, I know that I put up on, on social media, how to get to the Easter egg in order to unlock the performance. Right. Um, but if you get to the Easter egg, the uh, clue is Betty. And then it launches into the two um, the two song set. And it's the full full concert or like two like video of the concert of them. Performing. It's the video of the Dalton Brothers set. Yeah, nice. That's awesome. Because <laughs> I know it's on the the lyrics page, which I'm sure is updated regularly uh, for the Daltons. <laughs> There's a version yeah, of. Lucille played on in Hampton and then a version of Lucille with slightly different lyrics uh, in LA and then Lost Highway. There's so sort of two and a half songs kind of that they've, they've mastered. <laughs> you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have on uh, outside it's America, although it wasn't the Daltons per se, you've got the, uh, uh, the, uh, Oh, Jeannie, you're my enchilada, you're my chili con carne song while they're on the on the plane towards the beginning. That's one of my favorite tunes to sing while we're walking into a, a Mexican restaurant. So and so just and so just to add to the, the little history that Sherry gave um, the I, we don't call this a Dalton Brothers appearance. But if you go back earlier, a couple months right before the Joshua Tree tour start or resumed in September, of 87 they did that radio show called trip through your wires and um it was carter allen and a couple other djs and the band was in there and as i wrote in my book (laughs) 
do you want to do you want us to pause so you can hold it up again? Yeah, please. <laughs> As I wrote in my book, one of Edge's cra- uh, jokes during the show is that U2 plans to quit rock and roll and form a country band called the Dalton Brothers. To illustrate the point, he and Bono sing their country song Lucille later in the show. They cover Hank Williams Sr.'s Lost Highway. So technically, you could count that maybe as the very first Dalton Brothers uh, appearance was on that radio show. So, but then you know they obviously weren't doing. So the wait whole. a minute are you are you suggesting Uh-oh. that Edge go. is admitting knowledge about the Dalton Brothers because in the YouTube.com interview in the fan club Q and A where he was oh questioned by it by yours truly, they claimed <laughs> no knowledge. Are you are you disproving Mr. Edge on this? Well, I'm just telling you what he said on the radio show. I don't how, remember what he said. In, what did he say on the Q&A? How deep does this rabbit hole go? What's... <laughs> <laughs> Sherry famously, infamously got her question about the Dalton Brothers on the, what was that? That was like the bonus material for the Q&A, right? Yeah, that it wasn't was the included bonus in the live. For, for those uh, uh, paid, paid subscribers behind the firewall, yeah. I don't know if we want to peel back that onion to find the truth here or not, because <laughs> who knows what we might find. <laughs> <laughs> All that I know is is that poor poor Edge has had to explain this to MIT professors, to uh, um, yeah. to um, startup people because I don't know if 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 the uh, Luke Dalton's theme uh, that came before our uh, um, theme song uh, aired, but that was supposed to be a ringtone that uh, I had created that for a ringtone competition through a company called Hyperscore that was also sponsored by MIT and Edge was one of the guest judges for it. And so I called it Luke Dalton's theme, which then he had to explain to people like Marvin Minsky and, 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 and Todd <laughs> Macover, uh, who the Daltons were and why Luke Dalton was like an insiders, like, Oh my God, this is a YouTube fan type of thing. Um, but, but I had a lovely conversation with professor Minsky about the edge regarding the Daltons. Uh, in one of the MIT uh, <laughs> lecture halls. So yeah, that was kind of fun. <laughs> that's, and that's when Sherry's first restraining order from you too was filed. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it wouldn't be her last behind the scenes. <laughs> I have just as many as, as the times I've been fired off of that you too. So exactly. <laughs> cheers, Chris. Uh, if anybody was... ever wonders if we nerd out on this podcast, let's just point them to episode 57. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There wasn't anything in the forums. I, I, I think you checked, Matt, and I, I checked too here. Uh, just some encouragement and enthusiasm for the episode. So we'll uh, link to that there. If you if you haven't ever, the forum.atu2.com is a great place to go. If you, like Matt just said, want to nerd out about U2, uh, there's a whole bunch of <laughs> nerding out going on in there, obviously. So, um, And someone, Johnny Feathers in there mentioned it. Enthusiastic the point. intellectuals, I'd like to call yeah. them. Yeah. Point the Dalton brothers do seem to point the way to Zoo TV's irony and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, you can read the rest of the comments in there. We'll link to that. Sherry, what is going to happen in Vancouver or any show that you see on this current tour? If they show up, what are you, are you going to like, are you going to survive? Are you going to be okay? Do we're going to have to like call medical help? What's the, I will have to live <laughs> to tell the tale. <laughs> that the Dalton brothers indeed did ride again. So um, uh, I will probably need an oxygen mask, yep, perhaps, so. a, you know, a little defibrillation, but um, I think that it will be one of those bucket list items that I can, you know, die happy knowing that I actually saw Betty and I smelt her perfume. 
So that's all that I really care about. <laughs> I think we just, I think we need like a camera fan cam on you for the whole show in case they show up. Which it's kind of funny when you think of like a band like Lumineers and Mumford and Sons who are opening for them for a couple of the shows or a bunch of the shows, you know, they are kind of <laughs> not country per se, but definitely like less electronic and less uh, more acoustically right. sounding than, yeah, than YouTube sure. is. So it wouldn't be out of the question to like, Hey, can I borrow one of the Mumford's acoustic or something? And, uh, play a couple tunes with a ma- with but a wig on but who knows what my, you, what's go ahead Jane. my my hope would be though because there is you, you know you've got such a strong fan base going to Vancouver you've got such a strong fan base going to Cleveland that if they were to show up they they would sort of airmark for one of those shows where they would be appreciated i don't think showing up in you know um Pittsburgh people are going to get it Right. Oh, slam on Pittsburgh. Sorry, Pittsburgh. Wow. Hey, fans. there's still plenty of GA tickets left there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yikes. She just called you out. So, no. <laughs> I think in the Berg is going to be upset at that comment. <laughs> right. The, um, yeah. And I think the chances of them appearing, doing something like that at Vancouver seem low because I think they'll want to. Like especially the opening show, they'll kind of want it to keep with keep all it the yeah professional, classy, yeah. whatever. You know, not not that the Daltons aren't classy, but <laughs> well, they're not. <laughs> but yeah, once no, they're sort right. of settled with into all the, the press tour, press attention, you know, the yeah. media attention yeah. and everything on Vancouver. It's, no, yeah, that's the... no, but Cleveland. If they're if they don't show up in Cleveland, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. all right. Well, we'll watch for that in Cleveland. <laughs> Watch for the report from July 1st, 2017 is when it all shuts down for Sherry, maybe. Um, we have some other random stuff, but I guess I was going to say in closing about the Daltons, if we can sort of close the chapter on the Daltons here is um, what... Oh, Chris, there is no closing the Dalton <laughs> Brothers chapter. Until you actually fire Sherry officially. <laughs> um, the what, it, what are we like? Yes or no? Do you think they're going to actually appear? Matt, we'll start. Go with you. No. Yes no. No, Sherry. No, I, I oh, don't. No. And because because we're going to talk, I assume we're going to talk about this. The, this thing that they're doing with the ordinary love, which I th- I think is next on your agenda or sometime in the, kind of makes me think that the band is not so into this whole idea of reliving the '80s as much as, <clears throat> you know, as much as maybe some of us fans are. So right, yeah. So so no, I don't think the Dalton Brothers are going to show up at all. Sherry, you said no as well. I oh, yeah, no. I would I'd be no as well. No. If you're That's in the chat room, let us know what you think. Chris. Yeah. <laughs> You can, you can still dream. That's okay. But yeah, we were going to, uh, I sort of mixed up the order a bit. I got excited about the Daltons and then uh, forgot all about all of those stuff. But we're actually two weeks away from the opening, as we record anyways, we're two weeks away from the opening of the the tour, right? Today's Thursday. Yeah. Two weeks from two tomorrow, weeks from, right? Yeah, in a day. Um, and we've had some, uh, we tweeted out yesterday asking if any Vancouver friends were in the area and uh, one uh, listener tweeter whatever person bjorn uh is out there and uh it looks like he's doing a bit of scope sneaking around and taking some pictures and stuff so we'll put a link to a twitter thread that uh where he's got some pictures it's just you know stadium stuff or whatever and and seemed like there's some you know nice trucks driving in and speakers being loaded out and ga line a lot of fencing going up within a a a uh a much um much more depth uh positioning around the stadium um and then, i don't recall that um, at, at the start of 2015 you could walk right up to the to the window but but they're putting a lot of distance between the stadium and people being able to access it 
As a in, lot of mysterious distance, perhaps. Um, <laughs> so I'm just getting getting the puns in since you're not doing your pun job. Anyway, uh, a guy, uh, Aaron Wasiliak, just tweeted at us a, a couple hours ago with a shot of the one of the big uh, Joshua Tree posters on the wall of the stadium, and he just said that there's a lot of construction sounds coming from inside. So we do have a couple people uh, hanging out around the stadium, and hopefully we'll continue to get photos and tweets and maybe some video and sound and all that sort of stuff in the not too distant future yeah because at some point they will have to turn on the amps and and see if things are working and uh, make sure the 80s era delay pedal is still functional and all that kind of stuff and uh and who knows if we hear some country twang then we'll know Maybe the Daltons are right again. Um, we've covered it a lot, but the Red Hill Mining Town release happened, I think, in the since we last talked. And uh, just you, I know you, you both picked up a copy. I don't know if you have yours handy to show the the viewers. Mine's over there. Somebody to- was somebody was kind enough to snag me one because I was on vacation and was nowhere near a record store. I was in the middle of the ocean, so it's still. So- so it's still in transit, yeah. And so do you plan do you have a record player that you plan to play it on, or is it just for collections purposes, collecting? Uh at the moment it's for collecting purposes. I hope for my birthday to get a record player. I used to have one and then it it mysteriously went away. So I'm hopeful that we can uh go all uh, old school. Nice. But so Matt, do you have a Matt's got a nice one? Yeah. Do you have a record player actually to play it or is it just going twenty nine ninety eight from hot, hot poop? Hot poop? What? <laughs> what is that? Right? Sorry. For people who are yeah, listening, there's Hot a Poop sticker. is the name of a record store in Walla Walla, Washington, the oldest independent record store in the entire state, very well known in the industry, very famous. The, Hot Poop is actually one of the founding record stores of Record Store Day, and it was the only place on this side of the state that I could find that had a copy. And yes, it was incredibly expensive compared to what... Why did they the, charge so much? I don't, well, I don't know. Well, maybe because they knew they were the only ones getting it. <laughs> I have no idea. But like all their U2 vinyl was was kind of ridiculously expensive, in, in, in my opinion. Uh, it's a cool store, but um, but yeah. Hotpoop.com. I got that domain, too. Well, good for them. Yep. <laughs> put that in the show notes <laughs> send them a little link love <laughs> looks like their uh their website is in need of an update even more than uh other sites so <laughs> i think that goes for most independent record stores yeah, i'm sure <laughs> we did have some uh um what was i gonna say the no that's dalton brothers stuff the uh um oh there's yeah twitter you two themselves retweeted a bunch of folks who were posting pictures of themselves with the the records, uh, and then also happened to grab. <laughs> you noticed you and McGregor actually was tweeted a, or Instagrammed a little video of himself listening to Red Hill Mining Town on the day or near on or on or about the day, anyways. That it all came out, so um, very cool stuff. Um, and Matt, are you going to actually play yours? I don't know if you answered that, or is it going? Uh, I have not there? yet, and I don't think I will, just because I prefer not playing picture discs. Right. So. All right. Fair enough. Therefore, display. Yeah. In my life. <laughs> and nothing, uh, nothing like having four men with a spinning head. <laughs> well, and a lady yeah. with a spinning head. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, 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 yeah, I, I've had, I don't plan to play mine. But if forced to for the podcast or some other reason, Chris, I would do that for you. All right. Good to know. You let me know. <laughs> 
And uh, finally, the Ordinary Love Choir stuff is what I have in the notes. But uh, can someone flesh that out a little more? Sherry, maybe? Uh, U2.com sent out a note to fan club members that show director Willie Williams is asking fans to uh, lend their voices to a choir, which they didn't say you had to be a good singer. So I submitted something um, where they're asking you to download a backing track for Ordinary Love and where the choir, uh, uh, where the chorus part is, they want you to sing the chorus for a potential part of the show. They're not promising it's going to make it in the show. It may not even make it in opening night. It might be one of those things that gets added in. Um, but you have until May 1st to submit the video through um, the link on YouTube.com. Uh it was relatively easy for me to do. It uploads it in, into um, a box um, uh, uh, product, and uh, and that was about it. So they want you to be enthusiastic, and it doesn't matter if you can sing in tune on pitch because they can always auto tune or just you know pull an atom, just uh, uh, have you mouth the words and. And right. not have anything come out, which is what I hope they do with me <laughs> because I can't sing. And it's such a hard song to sing to. I I don't know why uh, they picked that one because it's so hard to sing. Right. And so for folks who are wondering, you do have to be, as far as I can tell, you have to be a YouTube fan club member, paying member to be able to see the page to submit. So it's not an open call per se, right? That's what sort of what I've gathered. I haven't been able to find anything else. And they also own all all rights in perpetuity to the end of the universe type of deal. So once right. you submit it, you you can't claim royalties. You can't claim that your name needs to be in a in listed as a thank you in the program or whatever. Yep. You're just voluntarily <laughs> giving it up. So obviously the song, or not obviously, but presumably the song will be used in the concert, right? Is sort of like what it kind of lends itself to saying that it will be there. And so it prompted a bit of like questioning of like, why would that song be there? And, you know, like you said, why pick that one for the one with fan participation? Because it does kind of imply that they want to use it, obviously. And so um, does it seem like there's a logical fit for that song? A very current U2 song in a 30-year-old set list? I put to the forum <laughs> you put to the panel Sherry, you go you, you go ahead with no that. i i i don't know how it's going to fit in um it's not a song that was strong on the radio it's a song that's now what four years old five years old um it's it's something that um you know it's 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 going to need a little bit of explaining in the set list and if you're looking at a stadium full of people who are all coming there to listen to the joshua tree how many of them are really going to know ordinary love? Um, so I I don't know how they're going to anticipate the vibe of the audience with this particular song. Um, it it didn't seem to fit for me, at least. Matt, um, do you agree with any of that? Yeah, I was I was I was kind of surprised with uh, when I saw that come out from YouTube because it was just you know if you're trying to think of what songs from the last, you know, decade of U2's output, they would try to pull back for this tour. That would not be, yeah. you know, one of the ones that I think makes sense in this. 
But it's in. But see, the problem is, is it, it doesn't make sense in what you and I and maybe others have as our vision of what the show is going to be. But clearly, there is some other vision or plan or whatever you might you want to call it for what the show could be or will be. And I mean, so so I'm. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Sherry. It, it's it's surprising, and I don't see how it fits. Um, but I'm curious to know how they'll make it fit because I have unending trust in Willie Williams to do that kind of thing. Um, and t- I think we were, well, Sherry, we were having a conversation on Twitter not long ago about, you know, and Tim Newfeld pointed out that, you know, well, apartheid, it's, you know, it's a Nelson Mandela song and, you know, apartheid was an issue in the eight and there's silver and gold is another song, but ordinary love is a love song. It's not really about, South Africa. It's not really about apartheid. It's about Nelson and his wife. And so I just, that theme, I'm just not, that's what I'm struggling to sort of make sense of. Uh, The only way that I can think about it is given global events right now and the amount of division that they may use that as the unifying song. Um, I know that, you know, I would prefer to hear ordinary love over one any day of the week. Um, I mean, Blast it could me. work. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> At YouTube, I'm Sherry is where you can send <laughs> Yes. One has turned into pride for me. I, it's so Oh, overused. my gosh. You, that's crazy talk. <laughs> hey, it, it, <laughs> This is the podcast that Sherry and, and I are just going to fight the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it does not necessarily reflect the views of At You Two or the staff. Yeah. Um, that's no, for so, damn sure. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I could see them using it to unify everybody, especially with this video where where they want to get this choir or this chorus going. Um, That's interesting. That could be. You know, I I can picture it being that linkage that closes out whatever they're doing to blend into streets where you've got the choir that can blend into the organ to lead into streets. That's how I envision it. Yeah, or the other I thought I had was maybe just like a transition point from the Joshua Tree set, you know, into maybe they do a modern, uh, you know, a Grace Hit set after that or something like that. And this is kind of like the the Zuropa or whatever of the previous tour where it's kind of, or um, not Zuropa, the Fly, um, you know, moment. Kind of like, here's here's all, all of you singing back to us or whatever in some way. And then the band oh, comes out and joins in or whatever. And yeah. but, but I think visually it could be, be really cool, right? Because like you said, Matt, with Willie being sort of at, at the helm of that kind of stuff, he could give him like whatever it ends up being, hundreds presumably of, if not thousands of people sending in video <laughs> and having access to that to like sort of make something visually with all of that, regardless of what it sounds like, <laughs> could look really cool anyways on a big screen. In a stadium, so I mean, they did the same thing on the the 360 tour with Unknown Caller, right? Where they had not, they didn't have a submit singing, as I recall. It was just asking questions or something like that. Sherry, do you recall? Chris, do you recall? There was, and then they played the questions on the PA system, Um, or like this going back further, the Zoo TV confessional booth thing that was, whatever, a little different vibe, but. Yeah. And I know that, I mean, they said in the, you know, there's no guarantee it'll be used, but my, I mean, my, my gut is that if they're going into all this effort, they're going to use it. Yeah. Unless they don't get enough or something, right? Like if it's Sherry and Matt 
by the two people. (laughs) (laughs) If you were, wouldn't, do you think, do you think that there are any fans that like use this as an opportunity to like submit a video where they start singing, you know, we can't, Hey, you guys need to play acrobat. Like, is anybody tempted to do that? Oh, I'm sure they have. But think about the vetting process. I'm sure Willie isn't getting first first crack at it. I'm sure some poor intern yeah. or or dare I say <laughs> um, um, a Zootopia moderator is having to call through them and then come up with like a top 50 or, or yeah. you know, I don't think Willie, let alone the band, are going to be the ones seeing it. <laughs> first off so I, uh, all those you know other ones are just going to get trash i hope it's larry larry has to do it <laughs> yes. what the? you're larry i loved you in the movie that you acted in <laughs> name the movie <laughs> yeah considering the questions and the comments that we get just to the at you to site in email form of like my so-and-so is dying my so-and-so is having a wedding my so-and-so would like to <laughs> You know, those kind of things that we get, which uh, obviously we understand we're not making fun of the individual requests or anything, but just the volume of those kind of things that we get. I can only imagine the level of stuff that the fan site, the band site gets directly and they would take people would take opportunity. It's like thinking that Bono is going to about all the scalpers who might actually submit something. <laughs> you know, all the people who just bought into a fan club membership. Just GA seats, 500 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right okay. well i think that's uh that about settles sorry to send us off on that tangent Chris. Dalton. no no it's all good <laughs> if you're uh if you are so brave as to tweet us with your uh, ordinary love submission i don't know if you're is the terms and condition conditions that you're not allowed to share it before <laughs> i can't imagine they have that level of restriction but don't uh, don't get yourself in trouble but if you want to tweet us with your video version on youtube or something like that we'd be It'd be fun to see what everybody sends in and maybe we'll make our own little version of it before, before the band gets to it. But, uh, uh, Twitter accounts for at you two is ATU two and, uh, Matt, what's your tweets? Twitter's at Matt McGee, M A T T M C G E E. And Sherry, if they want to disagree about one, uh, but the same M A T T M G M C G E E. Wow. You guys both have the same Twitter. Account. That's weird. How's that, work? that is so crazy. <laughs> And uh, I'm iChris on Twitter, goodstuff.fm slash ATU2 is where you can find uh, this episode and previous episodes. And all when I talk about links in the show notes, you can go for this particular episode, goodstuff.fm slash ATU2 slash 57. We'll show you all the links as well as uh, have a embedded video version of what you're listening to, I guess. And if your podcast player doesn't have show notes and links and stuff on the player, that's where you can go, goodstuff.fm slash ATU2 slash 57. Uh, like I said, twitter.com slash ATU2, facebook.com slash ATU2.com. I think that's it for this episode, and uh, we'll be back again in a couple weeks with probably a either a, Vancouver. Yeah, a pre-show or a post-show. We'll see what, what all, most likely post-show. Mid-show. By the time. Yeah, yeah, mid-show. <laughs> We're just going to pause. They I'm, played acrobat. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> what if the Dalton brothers come on and play acrobat? <laughs> there you go mind's blown all right so thanks for listening and thanks to simon peta for the theme song that you're hearing as we head out see ya